0: I'm just saying if whiskey is a verb somehow Sharon Steitler is part of the definition. Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Melissa Kirscher and Wendy Bolsby.
1: Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am Melissa, one of your co-hosts. And this is my other co-host, Wendy, jazz hands. Jazz hands. Drink already, because we have jazz hands. We are back with our special guest star, Sharon Steitler. Yay! Yay! What
2: were you going to say? My niece, when she was a kid, used to make this weird noise, and we thought it was some kind of, like, nasal problem she had. She used to go around and go, hmm. All the time. (laughs) And then we realized she was saying my name. Oh. That's how she could say Sharon. (laughs) Whoa. It took us months to figure this all out. I don't even
0: understand how Sharon becomes hmm. "Hmm."
2: That was just the way she did it. But it was like, and then like one day she was like pointing to my picture and going, and hmm. And my sister was like, oh my God, that's Sharon. Oh. (laughs) Oh. Ah.
1: We should introduce what we're drinking because we're pretty sauced by this point. Because yep. we've been drinking whiskey I all I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so,
2: so, well,
0: because Sharon insisted on a whiskey episode, so this is off the chain, motherfucker.
2: This is, this is
1: the second whiskey episode. You guys episode, are so you
2: know? drunk, and I'm just like mildly tipsy. Well, yeah, because you're, I you drink, are a master. I drink a lot of whiskey. <laughs> do, yeah, see,
1: so you've got some sort of whiskey foo. I, you know, I, I... I drank some of your whiskey too. That so. was
2: that was that was a generous port. That, that was I'm this sorry. isn't just whiskey. This is a really nice sixteen year old scotch. So yeah, let's be it's, clear. It's beautiful.
1: I'm, it's beautiful. I, I cougar poured whiskey. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And so I've been helping with that. But right now we are since we're already sauced and we don't care as much, um you know, we are drinking Jameson now. I love Jameson. we, we have moved on from the sixteen year old scotch and we're just Drinking some fucking Jameson Jameson, Jameson is like, Which is It's wonderful. solid It's your, it's it's your like, buddy Who shows up And yeah. gives you a ride home Oh yeah No I, I am not dissing Jameson I'm just saying we, we have moved off The erudite thing And gone with The fucking reliable So and, and, and it's It's trusty Wonderful Jameson Can
2: I tell you what Jameson did for me this week?
1: What did Jameson do for you okay, this week?
2: Okay so we're moving soon But we've had like This construction going on With the house next door And college guys have moved in oh fuck that the first night they moved in at 2 30 in the morning we hear three two one so i go out there conveniently with one of my ranger jackets on that has a badge on it (laughs) (laughs) and i'm like what the fuck are you guys doing do you even live here this house has been under construction we just moved in and I was like, no, you didn't. There's, I, I, I work from home, and there, no one has been moving in. No, we just moved in. We're not dicks. We're not those kind of guys. And like, you just woke me up at 2.30 in the morning with your music. You are those kind of guys. They promised me they were going to be quiet. Mm. So I figured I, I put the fear of the old lady in them. Next night, 2.30 yeah, in the morning. old lady with
0: the rack. <laughs>
2: no. Not not when you see me in my Batman PJs and my Ranger jacket at 2 in the morning. (laughs) I bet you are still hot. Uh, No. So, the next night, 2.30 in the morning, there's a party. And this time, like, I'm skipping the middleman. I'm calling the police. I have a good relationship with the police. I've given them some felony arrest warrants with my tips. Oh, lovely. So, they went over, and I was like, I don't even, I'm not even sure they live there. So, sure enough, the police go over there. The party stops, but... But, you know, the police didn't give them the reprimand I was hoping for. So the next day I had a couple of drinks and I was like, fuck it, I'm going over there. So I go over to the guys and they see me at the door and you can tell they're all just like, oh shit, it's the lady next door. And I was like, you guys gonna wake me up at 2.30 in the morning tonight? And they're like, "We're, we're trying really hard not to. And I said, here's the thing. I'm moving on the 15th. I'm the one in the neighborhood who calls the police on everybody. I have the pizza place's regional manager's cell phone on speed dial because he got tired of me tweeting about how noisy they are and told me to just call him at home when they're noisy. So if you guys can just like be quiet until the 15th, no one else in this neighborhood's going to call the police on you. And I said, I tell you what, as an act of good faith, if I can sleep through tonight, I'll buy you something. Do you guys like whiskey? Do you like Jameson? We can't afford Jameson. And I said, I'll tell you what, I know. I was like, they're so young. I know. And I said, if, if, if I can sleep through tonight and not be woken up by you at two in the morning, I'll bring a bottle of Jameson by here tomorrow morning or tomorrow at some point. And they're like, okay, okay. So I slept through the night. I get up the next day. I see a note next to the bed that says, buy Jameson. It (laughs) feels like you have to buy Jameson for the guys next door. (laughs) So I go to the liquor store and I go over that night and I'm like you are and they they looked at me and they they gave me this gigantic bear hug and they're Mm -hmm. just like you came through thank you (laughs) adults can be cool and i was like okay just keep this in mind there's more where this comes from on the 15th when i move all right so but we still haven't talked about
1: we have been recording for 45 minutes (sighs) and we have an introduction
0: (laughs) (laughs) we have an introduction but we we haven't introduced the topic nope all right, so we decided we wanted to talk about... Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks not Mel Gibson, which my tongue keeps wanting to not say. Mel not Mel Gibson. Mel A
1: completely different oogla. Mel Gibson hates Jews. Yeah. Mel Brooks is Jews.
2: <laughs> Mel Brooks is, like, as tall as I am. Is he now? So and like, by as tall
0: as, we mean as short as. As short yeah. as.
2: So, like, when we first moved to Minnesota... Um, Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner did a book signing. And I think it was at that old Amazon bookstore. Like, and they would have, it, like, crazy. Like, Sam Shepard was there. Our first year in Minnesota was nuts with, like, all the people that we met. And we couldn't go to, like, the full book signing because we had some audition to go to. So we, like, powered through the audition and then, like, afterwards, we raced to the bookstore, and, like, the signing was just wrapping up, and Carl Reiner walks right past us. And Mel Burks is still talking to him, and, and to people. And so we, like, rush up to him, and we're like, we're super sorry, we'll totally buy a book. We, we, we wanted to come, but we had an audition, and we just really wanted to meet you. And I just remember, more than anything, that it's like, I'm fucking eye level with Mel Brooks right now. I'm not looking up. I am looking him (laughs) in the eye. And
0: when you're short, you really do notice. That's when you notice is when you are looking You're looking eye to eye. eye. You never notice how often you just look up. It's when you're looking eye to eye or down that you're like, this doesn't happen. What the hell?
2: People ask me how tall someone is, and I was like, you're either eye level or above to me.
0: Yeah, you're either,
2: wow, you're short, or you're normal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and he wrote like this really, because it was their... 10,000 year old man book that got oh, published. Oh, yeah. And so Mel Brooks signed it and he was like, To Bill and Sharon, who were late, thank you. And I was just like, <laughs> Aww. But we like totally gushed. It was like, I love your movies. I even like Men in Tights. I didn't bring up Life Stinks, but I was just. Uh,
0: hmm. Or History of the World.
2: I, actually, I love History of the
0: World. is fun. I have a fondness for it. I have to admit, I was always
2: frustrated because I kind of wanted part two. I did. Uh, who didn't want Jews in space? <laughs> Which happened to have the same music as Men in Tights. We're Jews. We're Jews, Jews in, in space. space. Yeah. Whereas we're men. We're, we're men, men in tights. 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 Yeah.
0: For me, Jews in Space always comes out as pigs in space. And uh. that's no
2: Pigs good. in space. You know what? History of the World Part One, I didn't even see it as a movie. My parents had the audio album.
1: Whoa. Oh, wow.
2: Yeah, so I heard that. And so, the I how can I not love a movie that taught me what the Inquisition was in song?
0: <laughs> the Inquisition. Here we go, the Inquisition. What a show we know you're wishing
2: that we'd go away. But the Inquisition's here, and it's here to, to stay. Hey, Takamata, what do you say? I just got back from the auto de fe auto de fe auto de fe what's an auto de fe it's what you oughtn't do but you do anyway (laughs) (laughs) auto de fe
0: (laughs) ding I feel like we passed some sort of erudite test there okay so where do we want to start with Mel Brooks do we want to do it chronologically do we just want to do it stream of consciousness what what can we handle at our level of inebriation? I think we're gonna right have now? to go
2: with stream of consciousness. Yeah. I think if we try to go chronologically, because what's gonna happen is we're gonna talk about you know Madeline Kahn, and then we're gonna start doing all
0: Madeline Kahn. I love her so much. Do you know what I remember about Madeline Kahn before she died? She did a commercial for milk. In the oh 80s. God. In the 80s or early 90s. And it was her, like, lounging on a chaise. Oh. And she's like, is it possible to be ridiculously gorgeous, fabulously talented, not to mention witty and clever and brilliantly smart?
2: Yes! <laughs> it's like it's like a part of the sexual repertoire to do the Madeleine Kahn in... Um... From uh, blazing so, saddles. No, Young Frankenstein. Oh, that like, yeah. too. You know, Call <laughs> me. When I think of my mom, I think oh, of God. Young Frankenstein so much because I first saw that movie in a drive-in with my mom. <laughs> and she would watch it a lot. And like her favorite part was the spinning bookcase. Oh, that's a good... yeah. Put the candle back! Put the candle back! And then, like, every time Gene Wilder gets stuck in the bookcase and it's just like, Okay, now I want you to listen to me very carefully. Don't put the candle back! That would send my mom into hysterics. Like, she would be paralyzed (laughs) on the floor. And, like, all you had to do, like, if you were in any kind of trouble with mom, you would just be like, put the candle back! And mom would be gone
1: Yay! I would I would love that sort of it, off switch That's like the Konami code for your mother
2: It really is It works to this day You know, if I'm on the phone with her And she's just like going off on a tangent Hey mom, put the candle back And then we can go on to a more pleasant topic Okay, but wow. I don't want to talk
0: about Young Frankenstein yeah. and Blazing Saddles Because I feel like
2: that's the pinnacle of the oeuvre I mean he he did a lot for race relations uh-huh. with Blazing Saddles. Yes. Yeah, but
0: again, so let's talk about other things. Producers. Producers was groundbreaking. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: Springtime for Hitler.
1: Spring Springtime for Hitler. For Hitler. No, no, my I'm Johnny.
2: The audience. The pan back <laughs> to the audience. With
0: their faces.
2: I, I mean, I'm almost peeing myself right now just remembering that. Because, I mean, it's just so hilarious that there's...
0: Their faces, they're, oh they're just God.
2: like... But what's
0: funny is, as a creator who often <laughs> dabbles with creating comedy, oddly that has become a touchstone for when you go too far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Like, your intent becomes muddied. They were on the right track until oh, yeah. they cast somebody so ridiculously wrong. If they had cast somebody who believed in it 100%, Like a good actor trying to do their best, they would have succeeded in their plot. So you always have to remember, like, wait, 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 wait. How far am I going, and is it as far? Is this farther than I meant to go?
1: Yeah, because if you go far enough, you come back around because it's circular. Yeah, yeah, that's a circular track, baby. Oh,
0: I want you to be offended, but I want you to be offended. But now I've turned it into a comedy, and now you're not offended because it's hilarious.
1: Our 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 mutual friend Rob Callahan just (laughs) wrote a very long and very serious article about uh, ironic racism. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And ironic racism is just racism when you get to the failure point of they didn't go far enough into the comedy zone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's like the uncanny valley.
1: Yeah. Very much so, and and it's a delicate line to
2: walk. It really. Yeah. And I mean, I almost feel like then cross over into
0: comedy. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to present this as anything but a horrible tragedy, then you need to try to make it a comedy because that's the only way it's okay to talk about this. Right. As, oh my God, we were such assholes that the only thing to do is laugh about it because otherwise we're crying.
1: Well, but- yeah. They, it, comedy is one of the sharpest sharpest swords you can wield. Jesus, I'm drunk. But it it takes a lot of skill to wield it, which and is it why takes it's
2: timing too. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. so much easier. That's why it's easier to be ironic than funny. But I right. mean,
2: think about like when Chaplin did the great dictator and everybody was just like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Crazy old man tramp. And yeah. I mean, I think a lot of that had to do with timing because when you look back and look at the great dictator now, yeah. it's a very beautiful film and you see what Chaplin was trying to do. It's just maybe the timing wasn't the best, right? There wasn't enough space for him to create that yet. No, there mm-hmm. wasn't.
1: But Blazing Saddles, on the other hand, Blazing Saddles. landed like a motherfucker. Okay, and,
2: but, we're not, but seriously, but yeah. now, we're, now we're moving
0: right yeah. to his very absolute, like, I'm serious. Well, true. Young Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles, for me, are the one-two punch of awesome. Yeah.
2: Wasn't Blazing Saddles before Young Frankenstein?
0: Yes. I believe it was. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm going to check that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why I ever doubt Melissa. Because whenever I doubt Melissa, I am proven Blazing
2: wrong. Blazing
1: Saddles. I have a, a weird memory. I begins.
2: believe. I, almost, I feel. I almost feel like Blazing Saddles should be required viewing for students in high they school. They were the
1: same year, were
2: they? Get Are the you fuck shitting out. me? Nineteen
1: seventy four. The
2: year I was born. Young
1: Frankenstein and Blazing Saddles. Wow. Okay. To backtrack, um, Mel Brooks's directorial lineup.
2: I am going to look at up the his, his very first film was the producers. Okay, yeah.
1: Then was Twelve Chairs in
2: nineteen seventy with and hot, then, hot, hot Frank Langella, hot flank Frank Flank, and shut Ron up. Moody.
0: Mid seventies Frank Langella was something to be licked.
1: Yeah, nineteen seventy, yeah. and then nineteen seventy four. You have the one two punch of
2: Blazing Sandals
1: and Young Frankenstein.
2: Oh my god both those movies in a year, and and yeah. I remember at some point in the seventies they showed because it had to be after nineteen seventy four because that was the year I was born. But I distinctly remember watching Young Frankenstein in a drive-in as yeah. being like four or five years old.
0: Are you kidding me? I'm looking at this. Do you know how early in his career Blazing Saddles
1: was? Yeah. yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit! He did. It was the... his third film. It was his
2: third film. And oh and... my god. And I mean that film. It's everything about it is so perfect. And and do you know any of the backstory with some of it? Like Gene, a little bit. Gene Wilder wasn't even the original cast. It, they had cast I forget which guy, but he had been in a lot of westerns, and they cast him as a Cisco Kid. And the first day of filming in the jail cell scene. He was completely blitzed out of his mind, and they could Ooh. not get him to act. and And Gene Wilder was like, "I really wanted to do this. I'd like to." And Mel was like, "No, we found someone else." So he gets a call saying, um, "Gene, yeah, you know that part I told you that you couldn't have. We really need you. Can you get here tomorrow? Because we need you to be the Cisco Kid." And that's how Gene Wilder got that role. Sweet. Well, and
0: the studio wanted anybody but Richard Pryor. Yeah. hmm Anybody but Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor wrote it they're like we can't have Richard Pryor. So then they get Cleavon Little. Yep. Who reeks with oddly sort of stage gravitas. Yeah. He's magnificent. He's fantastic. Which, honestly, I think actually works better
1: for the role. Oh, I think so. He's he's fantastic in that role.
0: He is. He's brilliant because he carries such class with him. Not that Richard Pryor wasn't classy, but Richard Pryor always carried his street cred with yeah. him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and he plays a little fast and loose. And Cleveland Little has, like you said, gravitas. And, yeah. And he, they needed somebody who would play against type yeah.
0: at that time.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: look at me. I am a black actor, and you are calling me nigger. What in the actual fuck?
2: <laughs> so I was reading an interview with Mel Brooks, and he said that you know he had Richard Pryor be a writer on that show, uh, on that movie, and he... Totally thought Richard Pryor was going to write all of uh, Sheriff Bart's lines. Richard Pryor fell in love with Mongo, and almost mm. everything with Mongo is Richard Pryor. And when you know that, you can totally hear Richard yeah. Pryor doing that. You're like, Mongo, like candy. And it's like, I can totally hear Richard Pryor doing that in his voice. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, Mongo is all Richard Pryor. Mongo, Mongo is, is f- fantastic. Mongo is
0: fantastic. Well, and you realize, looking back on it, that where Mel Brooks was at his best was where he was collaborating with Gene Wilder. Mm. Yeah. And we we talk about Mel Brooks, and everybody knows Mel Brooks. And you know Gene Wilder as an actor, but kind of a niche actor, right? He was really only good in these sorts of roles. But apparently Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks together had a synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then... I really like Stir Crazy, which is Gene Stir Wilder, Wilder is and great. Richard Pryor together. Finally, in the movie that yeah. they should have been, that should have yeah. been Blazing Saddles. Yeah. I really like that movie.
2: Well, okay, if we're gonna be tangent wise, since we're on Gene Wilder, did you know that like Gene Wilder had to fight for the putting on the ritz scene? Really, really? that almost didn't make it in because Mel Brooks was like, "That's not funny," and Gene Wilder <gasps> was like. Can we just do it? Can you just see it? And and I mean, he had to fight Mel Brooks tooth and nail. And I've read this from both Mel Brooks interviews, and I read the Gene Wilder uh, autobiography. And he was like, yeah, Mel was totally not into it. And so he was like, just let me do it. Just let me, like, practice it and rehearse it with with Boyle, and then you can see it. And, And so, like, when he did it, Mel Brooks was like, Oh, oh, yeah, we're keeping that in. But yeah, that, that scene had to be fought for, the whole putting oh, wow. on the wits thing in uh, Young Frankenstein. That's brilliant. And that's like one of the scenes that people quote the most. Is the Put whole on the words. Words. Everybody drink. My other favorite thing about uh, Young Frankenstein is that um, Gene Hackman yes. improvised the line <laughs> I was going to make make
1: espresso. espresso. (laughs) That was totally improved. First of all, how wonderful is it that it's Gene Hackman? I know. Oh my
2: god.
1: I know. And and the beautiful thing is, um, if you're not super duper familiar with the Universal monster movies, like all of them, you don't catch half the jokes in Young Frankenstein. You'd have to see... Like, it still plays It's yeah. still
0: funny it, yeah. But once you watch Bride yeah. of Frankenstein Once
1: you
2: watch The original like, Frankenstein Son
1: of Frankenstein you like and...
2: <laughs> I watched Young Frankenstein Before I saw any Frankenstein movie Ooh. And so then when I saw The Frankenstein movie I was like Oh This is funny on so many levels Yeah Yeah the, the violin. Yeah. Yeah. The, the scene with the daughter on the teeter-totter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and the, the revelation
1: that... Yeah, I saw Young Frankenstein before I saw any of the Universal Frankenstein films. Oh, my God, you were Which, both so young. I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. But the, the revelation that the Gene Hackman character existed before that was really huge to me.
0: I love he was... My boyfriend, I, friend. Friend. Clarence. I Clarence love Cloris Leachman, and I love that Mel Brooks loved her. Oh, shit. I loved the shit out of her in High Anxiety. High Anxiety, High Anxiety is very little appreciated in his oeuvre.
2: It really is, and and and, and like I liked it because because it, my parents just made me watch a lot of these movies growing up, and so I watched. High, and my parents showed me High Anxiety. Because um, they had already showed me the birds because I was a kid into birds. So, of course, I would like that movie. And then I'm like, you're going to love this Mel Brooks movie because there's a scene with pigeons in it. <laughs> That's why you will love it. Wow. But, I, but, I mean, but I mean, there's so many things in there. Like, I had not seen a lot of Hitchcock at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and there were a lot of just really nice moments in there. Just really funny stuff. Like, the whole thing with Brophy. It's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. I ain't got it.
0: You know, <laughs> I loved the beating him in the shower with the newspaper oh, yes. and Shit. the ink yeah. running down the drain. Oh, that, that was beautiful. And paper! I th- and I had not seen Psycho yet because I was still a kid when it came out because mm-hmm. that yep. was nineteen seventy what six seventy that, seven. That Hold was on. about
1: right. Late. My 70s. mom would
0: like introduce seventy seven, yeah. and so I hadn't seen it yet. But even at the time, I recognized, I recognized you're spoofing something. Yeah. And I th- still thought it was hilarious of, why are you beating this man with a newspaper? What the hell? And then when I finally saw Psycho, all I could think was, high anxiety! Yeah.
1: After- I got I got introduced to a lot of Mel Brooks well before the source material.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah.
2: yeah. 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 Child of the 70s. Same here. Yeah. But see, here's the difference. Like My mom would be like, I'm going to show you this Mel Brooks funny movie and we're going to watch it. It's making fun of other movies, but I think you're going to like it. Whereas my dad would be like, we're going to watch three different Psycho movies today. And so I got, like, all the Psycho movies all in one day as a kid. Psycho 3 is pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah, but in a I, weird way. I remember Psycho 2 more because my dad would, like, hit that scene when the knife is, like, going through her mouth and into her neck. He was like, let's watch that in slow-mo. Oh. So, yeah, you can see the difference wow. in parenting strategies. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty different. Yeah, but, but, no, but after, like, seeing things like it, I eventually got to see um, Vertigo, which I think is a movie... If you've seen it only once, please watch it again. If you've never seen it, plan on watching it twice. Because the first time you see it, you're probably not going to like it. But when Mm -hmm. you see it the second time... You see you see Hitchcock's brilliance in that movie. Yeah. And after I saw Vertigo, a lot more of High Anxiety. Well made they're sense. clearly that Vertigo
0: High Anxiety, they're clearly. Yeah. There's that, yeah. but
2: I mean it's the little things like Madeline Kahn is wearing the same pattern all over the place. Like her outfit, her her bed set, her car is all the same pattern. Okay, so History of the World
0: was 81. Oh my god. There was god. silent movie in there.
2: <gasps> silent movie! I had a huge crush on Marty Feldman. So I love... Oh my god, really? (laughs) Sweet. As a queen he was on my list of five. Wow! Yeah, I thought Marty Feldman was really hot well he's
0: hilarious in young frankenstein he is
2: but Um, i mean in silent movie he's also wearing like that super skinny pilot outfit anyway that's probably more information than you need to know about me but yeah i would have well we already talked
0: we had one episode where we talked about dan Aykroyd and howard (laughs) keel yeah
1: um, it was all about our
2: our sexual marty feldman if marty feldman were alive today If Marty Feldman were alive at any point when I was sexually active, I would have totally banged So again, we're back to the time machine. Time machine. Time machine. Uh, One of the top on my list. Harry Houdini and Marty Feldman. I bet Harry
0: Houdini Houdini would know what to do, right? Have you seen
2: pictures of Harry Houdini, like, chained with only his underwear? Hot damn. Holy crap. Okay, I'm looking that up on my phone. Harry Houdini was ripped. (laughs) But no, Marty Feldman was just, he was interesting. And he would—he'd want to do interesting. I'm—I'm st- I'm willing to bet lots of money that <laughs> Marty Feldman was into some kinky shit, <laughs> and I want to know what that kinky shit is.
0: All right. Oh. So anyway, the history of the
2: world, part one. I love history of the world, part one. I don't think it's the best Mel Brooks movie ever. But my God, it has some of his strongest work in it. it I feel like it's oh, a bunch yeah. of vignettes smushed together. Oh, it's totally its yeah. totally nothing but vignettes. Oh, my God. Madeline Kahn going through the guard line for her virgin <laughs> prey. Yes, no, 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 no. Yes, no, no, no.
0: Oh. Madeline Kahn, period. Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Oh, my God. When you... When you watch the Blazing Saddles extras where Mel Brooks talks about auditioning her. Yes. And he didn't know what he had yet. Mm -hmm. He had no idea the brilliance that is Madeline Kahn. Oh, my God. And all it can make me think of is the SNL sketch where you had Gilda Radner... And Madeline Kahn being Barbara Walters and Marlena Dietrich. (laughs) (laughs) And Barbara Walters is interviewing Marlena Dietrich, and it's like, I'm here with (laughs) Marlena (laughs) Dietrich. Hello, Babwa. Yeah. I got to see her live on stage. I'm really jealous. I got to see her in Hello, Dolly. Oh. She was touring. Yeah. We're talking
2: Madeline Kahn, right?
0: Madeline Kahn, live on stage, playing Dolly Levi wow in a touring company she was needless to say the best thing in the show uh, i hate hello dolly so too bad anyway
1: it's fascinating to me that mel brooks happened upon so many really incredibly funny female comedians terry I mean, gar terry gar yeah. and madeline Kahn, and cloris, leachman. Yeah. cloris he, leachman he was he was really good at finding funny women
2: and really, like letting them carry the funny. I mean, when you think of yeah. some of the lines that even Terry Gar had, like he must have an enormous fun stuck up. Yeah.
1: A roll, a roll, a roll
2: in the hay. Well, the whole.
0: Put the candle back. to Put the, the candle hurt. back.
2: Yeah. And Madeline, or um, not Madeline, um, Cloris Leachman, He was my boyfriend. And oh,
0: and and actually, and for sweet. me, it's it's the look of infinite sadness whenever the horse whinnies after hearing yeah, he
1: and, and her carrying around that cigar. Oh, God.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, and when you think Brandy,
1: of... Brandy, cigarettes, <laughs> warm <Bois> milk.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, and then and then Cloris Leachman in High Anxiety, it's not only the, like, crazy tits she has in that the movie. The cone bra. <laughs> She's got a mustache.
0: Yes.
2: Uh-huh. And she has Harvey Keitel tied up or not Harvard Keitel. Harvey Korman. Different? <laughs> very different. Very different.
1: I, 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 very different. I, I had a bad lieutenant moment for a
2: moment. <laughs> it would have worked for a bad lieutenant. That, I, that am glad I'm not
0: the, say, I am glad I'm not the only person who randomly pulls out the wrong ass name for people.
2: <laughs> but yeah, Harvey, who knew in our lifetime that we would see Harvey Korman in bondage gear, in a closet... Having the shit beat out of him by Chorus Leachman.
0: And it's hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. Yeah.
2: And a little hot. And
0: for me, it's that Blazing Saddles, which is spoofing Westerns, and yet if you want to laugh the hardest at that movie, you need to go watch Blonde Venus. Yes. You need to go watch Marlena Dietrich in Blonde oh. Venus. And then go watch Madeleine Kahn's stage performance and just roll yourself yes. silly. You know what's hilarious is that when they cut <laughs> when they cut Blazing Saddles to show on TV oh. the, problem, the scene they had the most problem with was the farts Yes <laughs> I, know. It's like, I, I remember seeing it flaming over the top homosexuality at the end There's yes. all of the oh, race relations <laughs> and,
2: and, and it's haphazard as to when they blurt out the n-word as to when they actually like let it loose But the fart scene, universal quiet
1: no, I, the first time I saw the fart scene on TV, it was all belching. They dubbed it over they with belching. They it as
2: belching. I've only yeah. seen it as silence. I've not seen it as Just belching. meant I've randomly belching. leaning. Yes, it is and like. And belching.
1: <laughs> Barp.
2: Belching bark. Well, at least makes more sense, but yeah. it's like the leaning <laughs>
1: yeah. and no
2: one's saying anything. And they're all eating beans. And it's like, wait, what?
0: What? Farting,
2: Apparently, we can't say on tv but it, we but, can't even reference farting on tv
0: we we can't talk about it because of course george carlin's famous sketch you can imply fucking 16 ways to sunday but you can never even remotely hint that somebody might have farted
2: i mean i can kind of get why they they delete out the n word i mean mm-hmm. i i get but, yeah. but, but the farting i don't understand it, that's universal yeah everybody farts everybody really farts I fart a lot. But I mean, but watch, if you've only ever seen Blazing Saddles in an edited version, watch it unedited because some of the dialogue in that is sheer poetry. It's fantastic. It's, yeah, and I mean, you just need to experience it because it just, it brings, he just really took racism and ignorance and just dragged it out into the light and said, this is fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I think part of that is being Jewish, he's experienced quite a bit of that himself. Mm-hmm. And so, oh my God, that whole scene when the sheriff first comes to town, mm-hmm. and and the, and the guy is Excuse like, "Excuse me, while I whip this out." out. <laughs> well, the, when he does the whole thing, when the town is just like getting ready to to like shoot him, and he fakes the whole kidnapping.
0: Don't shoot! He's just crazy enough to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the whole thing with the Cisco kid. It's like, oh, look at this she's... hand. Steady as a rock, yeah, but I shoot with this one. <laughs> but, I
2: mean, I think I think today Blazing Saddle still stands, and I think part of it is that it's because it's, I mean, as far as, like, commentary on racism, it, because... What,
0: what's the famous line of, like, how are we today? Uh, depends. Are we, we black? black? <laughs> 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 I mean, Gene Wilder's delivery on that is so oh, great. Geez. Like, oh, what?
2: <laughs> but, I mean, since all of this is done in the guise of a Western... All the commentary I feel still stands. It's, I mean, it's not as dated because I mean, we still have this kind of deep seated racism here oh, in the yeah. US. Oh,
0: f- are you kidding me? After Ferguson? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, we yeah. have it. Hey, let's just, yeah, like that didn't just go, oh, by the way, you thought racism was over? No. <laughs> no, no, it really isn't. Not remotely. No. And oh, so- by the way, you thought sexism was over? Thank you,
2: Gamergate. Uh, that's a whole nother okay
0: so what's funny is that you have Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein in the same year and one is brilliant in how it's willing to tackle really serious social issues. issues yeah and the other is brilliant at just taking movie tropes and playing with them, like even but, even the crazy arm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, with the with the oh, the clockwork God. Nazi yes. guy. You yeah, know? And, and he sticks the with the darts in, his, in arm. his arm. There's a dart game in one of those movies, and it yes, is. Yes. I've yes. seen
0: it. Yes, I've seen it. Yes. So but, I was looking through the IMDb, yeah. and you have the one-two punch of Blazing Saddles and Young, young Frankenstein, and then after that, you have High Anxiety. Mm, it's okay Silently. It's okay History of the world mm, It's pretty It's okay It's very It's very scattered Yeah And then you have Robin Hood Men in tights And spaceballs, And that's pretty much it
2: Okay no It's not It's not just it Okay I, I yeah. And I'm willing to tackle this Because I, I love Mel Brooks Spaceballs, I feel like, is his last watchable movie.
1: I like Spaceballs. A lot. I really, really I like love Spaceballs. Spaceballs.
2: Oh my, oh my god. god, they've gone plaid. It's Mega Maid, sir. She's gone from suck to blow. <laughs> um, and I can sing the Spaceballs theme song. There's
0: a lot to like about Spaceballs. There's a lot that I skip over. Yeah, There's there a lot is. That
2: I just I, it's not. It's definitely not as strong as those two movies. But I mean, when you go after that, don't watch Life Stinks, and don't watch Dracula Dead and loving it. Oh, yeah. I feel like we're kind of to the point where, I mean, Mel Brooks had some really strong ideas, and 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 when I I tried watching some of those movies and oh, I, I I really tried to plow through Life Stinks because I love Mel Brooks so much and I had a tough time because it was so bad. Somebody wrote an article talking about art and artists and mm-hmm. what their great works are, and they were talking about filmmakers, and it's like. Think of the filmmakers you know who are fantastic, and think of the movies that you love. Then go and look at IMDb and look at their body of work. They have tons of movies out there, but their ratio of actual really great movie and success, it's rare to have more than two or three. It's It's true. true. It's
1: true. It's it's true. true. It's
2: true. And so, I mean, Mel Brooks had this incredible success in 1974 with Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein. And he has some really good bits in some of his other movies. And then the movie's pretty much after Spaceballs. Just don't watch. Mel, I love you so much.
0: Well, I kind (laughs) of feel like his comedy is based on understanding what is offensive and what is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like once you've gotten rich and old... You lose touch with what's offensive and well, uncomfortable. I, th- I
1: think that's true, but I, I think he became successful again when he brought the producers to Broadway, yeah. which is a brilliant and funny show. And it it's is. quite different from the movie that he made. But the comedy of the producers isn't that, that biting societal commentary that he was doing in the 70s. It's, it's a very different type of comedy. It's very broad. It's very broad. It's a lot of fun. And it's a great musical.
2: Well, let's look at it this way. Okay, as any kind of artist, or as any kind of person in this state, let's just look at social media platforms. Yeah. Social media platforms change quickly, and you have to kind of adapt and figure out where you're going to go and how that's going to work. And some social media platforms are going to be great for certain people, and you're going to do well on that. And some are not going to be okay, and you're not going to do it well on that. So it has to be the same for an artist, especially the caliber of someone like Mel Brooks. He had a very he he knew exactly what he wanted to say with with certain issues, and that kind of I don't want to say it petered out. But, I mean, he set it really well with that. And then, so then he had to kind of morph. And at, the only thing at the time was doing movies. And then you had this opportunity of like, hey, let's take this thing, the producers, and let's make it Broadway. And he did that, and that was successful for him. And so that's where you kind of focus your energy. And now he's to the age where it's like, do I need to do any more? Mm-hmm. I don't need to necessarily make another movie.
0: Yeah, it's true. What do I need to do? Nothing, really. And And that's the thing is. When do you stop? When does art cease to become necessary for you? Because artists make art because they have to.
1: I, yeah, I think, I think a lot of artists start to falter when they become super successful because they're no longer hungry.
0: I need you to validate me. I need to prove what I'm talking about. And I or, need my vision to be clear so you can see it. And Oh good, you've now all agreed that I'm an amazing artist.
1: Now but what? but even no, beyond that, the, I need to figure out how to tailor my vision in a specific way to make this work so I can get a paycheck to feed myself. Ah. That inspires a lot of outside the box thinking just out of sheer desperation. So, and, it, and it takes a lot of talent to be able to survive beyond success. I've does. seen it a lot.
0: Well, I'm reading that huge biography of Fosse over there. and yeah. You know I love my Fosse, but boy, Fosse, once he hit big, he had some bloat going on with some of his projects. Oh, and
2: Here's the thing. Is it okay as an artist that you had one specific idea or, or one message that you really wanted to get out? And then at some point, all the factors that you needed to come into play happened. the the money you needed to create that piece, the production team that you needed to help produce it, and the audience, all those came into play. You got your ultimate message out there. Is it okay? I I, I wonder, it's like, there are just some artists, I got the message out that I needed to get out. I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do now. But the audience is now expecting me to do more. And money makers are now saying, here's more money, make this other thing. And you're just like... I don't know what to do next, but I have all this money, so I guess I have to do something. I think, I think History of the World Part 1 yeah. really sums up Mel Brooks in a lot of ways. I mean, Mel Brooks had two really successful movies, and I'm like, okay, let's keep doing more. He's like, I kind of have these other ideas out there. And he like, I'm, I'm working on these sketches. They're probably Saturday Night Live sketches. I can't really put them anywhere else. And I say that because he used to work on your show of shows. He used to be yeah. a writer on that. And so they're like, this is great. We can just make it History of the World. And maybe you'll come up with some more ideas, and this movie makes enough money, we'll do History of the World Part Two. And and it's like, and I just feel like pretty much for the rest of Mel Brooks's career after 1974 is just like these were all these ideas because like Robin Hood Men in Tights was a TV show, yeah, yeah, before, and so like these were all Mel Brooks's ideas, and it's like, well, let's keep doing it because you have enough of a family um, that will come. Side stand. note
0: for Robin Hood Men in Tights, you know the duet they sing? Yeah, that is an actual song that exists. And it is written in the key that they specify in the movie because (laughs) I went and I found it. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And so when I found that out, I bust a gut and I love Carrie always, but what's funny is watching that movie, you're like, Oh, you're the Marty Feldman character. Yeah. You're the Madeline Kahn character. You're the Mel Brooks character. Why can't I just have them back? Yeah. You're a poor second. Yeah.
1: You wanted to talk about Twelve Chairs.
2: <gasps> Twelve Chairs is an underrated Mel Brooks movie. Mel, it, it, It's an early movie, and it, it, it's a wacky comedy caper with Ron Moody and Franklin Langella when he was super fucking hot. Franklin Langella, mm-hmm. if you've only known Franklin Langella in the late 80s, early 90s through now, you just know good, solid actor... Franklin Langella was like porn star material in the 1970s. And he's <laughs> oh, a good yeah. actor and has good comedic timing. He
0: really he really does have a lot to offer, but seriously, go watch Frank Langella's Dracula.
1: Mm.
2: And it, that
0: was my mom's porn. It's seriously, it's softcore porn. There's It is really no, is. That was the Dracula that redefined Dracula's Oh, maybe Dracula's about sex. I'm pretty sure children. that yeah,
2: that really is the first movie that made Dracula about sex. Because well, we, prior mm, to that, now, no, I, no, no,
1: no, no the, who made after, Dracula yes, about sex before While well, the Bella Lugosi Dracula was about sex, it I was didn't just want to very, bang very, Bella Lugosi. Well,
0: but it was well, it, back it was then. More,
1: it was all about that that exotic. It was more about accent.
0: mesmerism okay. and yeah. exoticness. But when Frank Langella appeared on the scene, it was much more overt. Oh, I'm going to nibble your neck, what about and you that, are going to like what it. What about so. that
2: montage that she has with the bats? I mean, it's very clearly a montage about sex. I mean, oh, she yeah. is having like a total sex mm-hmm. dream, probably well, having she's
0: actual all, sex. I mean, her 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 O face yeah. in so many moments of that Frank, Frank Langella Dracula are just
2: and isn't it? Um, who's the famous actor? Oh. Those married to Vivian Leigh. That was um, Lawrence Olivier. Yeah, he's yeah. in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but we were talking but about twelve chairs. Twelve Reel chairs. It in. Reel twelve it chairs in. is a whole thing about. There's twelve chairs out there. One of the chairs has a bunch of jewels sold into it, and so Franklin Jella and Ron Moody from Oliver Fame like go out to try and find find the twelve chairs. There's a lot of great comedic moments in it. There's a lot of really hot Franklin Jella in it. And if you are a fan of Melbourne, so if you're someone who's like, yeah, I dig Spaceballs, I totally got Men in Tights, and in History of the World Part 1, yeah, I can watch that. Look look for 12 Chairs. I would equate it with Silent Movie. Yeah. I love Silent Movie, and I would equate 12 Chairs with Silent Movie.
1: I, I think it's a little bit better than Silent Movie. I think it's a little bit more even. It's been a I long time that. since I've seen a it, more. but it's Silent movie,
2: Silent Movie relies a lot on the cameos. I agree. Yes. That that is where it's hilarious, like the James Caan cameo and the Am, ba- oh, the Anne Bancroft cameo in
1: the Marcel Marceau cameo. Oh yes.
2: shit! <laughs> okay, the Marcel Marceau cameo in Silent Movie. I think that is my all time favorite cameo in any movie. Yes,
1: it's
0: brilliantly meta,
2: and I'm not even going to explain it. Nope. You just have to see it. So, so
0: fucking watch the movie. It's s- a good movie.
2: Silent movie is definitely worth watching. It's it's funny as a silent movie parody. It's funny for the cameos. It's a. St- but still if you like if you watch silent movie you're like oh yeah it's not the best Mel Brooks movie but I like it watch 12 cheers yeah,
0: yeah I really do I think that is what's going on with Mel Brooks when his earlier stuff was all about movie genres that he knew
2: mm-hmm. yeah
0: backwards and forwards well yeah well and, and, and the his later stuff was more his later stuff was more like I guess the, I could make fun of it yeah they, but they weren't
1: you they can, weren't, you can tell that, down. that with Spaceballs, you could tell even though it was a fun movie you can tell he didn't live and die by watching sci-fi okay. movies no he didn't have that passion for sci-fi movies that he had for universal horror movies when he was making young friends but there's still
2: some brilliance in it the very oh no end, I'm, I'm not dissing it the planet of the Apes thing I oh, guess. God, my yes. favorite.
0: I, I get off on the ridiculous jokes yeah. when they're when they're combing the desert for the droids and they have a giant comb <gasps> that just makes me giggle
2: bound. Oh, shit <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious oh oh okay uh, and I feel like I need to do a side note so in all of this we've been talking about Mel Brooks movies. On the off chance anyone listening to this hasn't seen My Favorite Year. Oh, Ooh. we have talked about My Favorite okay, Year before. because the, the main character in that, um, what's his name? Peter O'Toole. Peter O'Toole. Not Peter O'Toole. Oh, you're talking about Mark Lynn Baker. Yes, He's supposed to be based on Mel Brooks. He is. He's (gasps) based on
0: Mel Brooks writing for your show of shows.
2: So if you enjoy Mel Brooks movies, please make sure to see My Favorite And if you
0: have any sense of the history of television and you watch that and understand that the context is the old Sid Caesar variety shows that used to be put on, and that's what they're trying to put on with this Peter O'Toole character. It makes it even better.
2: I saw that before I realized the Mel Brooks connection, and I love that movie. But now that I know the Mel Brooks connection, I love the movie even more. I actually just watched that, God, less than a year ago with a friend who was having a tough time. It was just like the best night. I feel like Spaceballs is a stronger movie than Men in Time.
0: Oh, much. Much, oh, god. even, even because though his dark d- helmet holds that movie together, yeah. yeah. Rick
2: Moranis. And I'm sorry, I have a, a soft spot for George Weimer because huh? okay, so one Christmas I really wanted an exercycle and <laughs> my dad was like, I got you a TV instead, and I was really angry. And like the first TV show I watched on it was this new show called She's the Sheriff with um, oh, wow. oh my god, with Suzanne
1: so, Summer and yes. George Weimer. I can't believe I pulled that out of my brain.
2: I know. And so I was like, and like, I just, I was just watching this show and then Spaceballs came out and I was like, oh, that's the guy. Colonel Sanders is the guy on that sheriff show that I watch. But anyway, we're getting into some of my psychological thing. I love George Weiner. And and so the fact that he's in that movie just makes me so happy. I just feel like, yay, you're a working actor. You were on this really crappy show with Suzanne Somers and here you are in a Mel Brooks movie with Rick Moranis.
0: Well, and who plays the
2: hand Solo character? <gasps> Bill Pullman. Not Bill yeah. Paxton, who it's easy to confuse, but it's Bill Pullman. No, Bill it is, no, no they are two different. very
0: different people because I love Bill Paxton. And I enjoy Bill Pullman. They kept trying to make Bill Pullman a leading actor and they needed to just let him be a comedic sidekick. Yeah. You know? <gasps> because you know what I loved him in? Oh my God, it's a film with Kirstie Alley. And, oh, what's the name of
2: it? And it's got Sam... Um, what's <gasps> the within... house guest? No, no, it's not. It's got Jan, John Laroquette and Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott?
0: It's not house guest. Is it?
2: And it's, it's, it, it has, and to... it's
0: got, it's got, um,
2: Quantum Leap in it. Sam, Sam Beckett? Uh, um, oh, Scott Bakula. Yes. All I'm thinking of now is Bill Pullman in Reckless People. Mm-hmm. Ruthless People. Sam Elliott, no, Bill Pullman is in Ruthless People and he's yeah. using, uh, a sh- not a shop vac, a <laughs> dustbuster on someone. Yeah, and he has a bad diet. Was that was that Bette Midler? Yes, Bette Midler and Danny DeVito. This and is Danny this Vigito. is like
1: free association of drunk people. This oh, is yeah, I know, I know, I know.
2: Can I tell you though, my my absolute favorite casting choice of Spaceballs. Is Jim J. Bullock as Prince Value? Oh my god, I know! I love, Jim J. Bullock! I love, he was hilarious! I love Jim J. Bullock for so many reasons. there I have a, a whole list. I mean, number one, I love Too Close for Comfort. I love that he replaced Paul Lynn as the center square. Sibling
0: rivalry. Oh! oh.
1: Sibling rivalry.
0: It's oh, it has- a much worse movie than House Guest. Yes, but it has Scott Bakula. Oh, God. And
2: it's got Carrie Fisher. Yes. Jamie Gertz. This is not a movie you should talk about. Jamie Um, Gertz. Sam
0: Elliott. Ed O'Neill. No. No,
2: Oh, fuck
1: that one. This is a bad movie party.
0: Here's the thing. Bill Pullman is in it, but he's in it as a comedic, sort of nerdy sidekick. And it's the only role I've seen Bill Pullman in that I've been like, finally you fit (laughs) don't try to convince me that you're a leading man that you're handsome and charismatic because you're kind of nerdy yeah 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 i take him home he doesn't work as the hand solo stand in he doesn't work in independence day but in that movie he works and it's (laughs) god that's a ridiculous movie oh my god Whatever ever happened
2: to Rick Moranis? Rick Moranis? Okay. Oh, God, his wife died.
0: Yeah. And he like...
2: decided to take a break from Hollywood and take care of his kids. Yeah. Which... Oh, I didn't know that. But, I mean, he's doing other stuff. I forget what it is. It's either a radio show or writing. But he was, God, he was brilliant. He is. But when his wife died and he had to take care of his kids, he did the right thing. And was just like, I need to take a break. No. And I need to take care of my kids.
0: He absolutely did the right thing. And I I did not know that. And I fully applaud him. But. I miss him. He was so funny. Mm -hmm. He was so funny in so many things. Oh, I love his... He lifted material that should have been ridiculous into something sublime. Are you kidding me, honey? I shrunk the kids.
2: I love his line in Spaceballs when the bearded lady takes his escape pod and he's like, come back here, you fat bearded bitch. (laughs) I love that line. He just. He committed to everything as Dark Helmet in yeah. Spaceballs. I mean, he just committed to the nth degree. Well, in, in, in
0: God, and in, in Ghostbusters, and in, and in, oh, and in. I just, he was
1: adorable in Second talented. City, SCTV. Oh, he
2: was shit. just adorable
0: yeah. and talented beyond all bounds. Well, belief. and let's
2: not yeah. forget Take Off Knob. Rick Moranis, wherever you are if you happen to be listening to this podcast we love you, we admire you we know you're doing other things and that's great. We miss watching you on screen.
0: You were brilliant.
2: You are brilliant. Yes Yes, you probably still are. Hey. Prove it to us by coming back. Here's the thing. Do you want to do some live theater? Because all of us have some serious chops with writing live theater and directing live theater. Come to the Minnesota Fringe Festival. Whatever the fuck you want. We'll make it happen. We will give it. Do you want to stay in, like, the fancy hotel in downtown St. Paul? Fine. Would you rather stay at Neil Gaiman's house? Oh.
0: Mm, That's a much nicer location. Oh. Oh. Also, Neil Gaiman is
2: really cool. I'll teach you how to keep bees. Ah, okay, so anyway, Mel Brooks. And Mel Brooks. Rick Moranis, come back. We will help you in any way, shape, or form. And how so... much money? I have some money. I actually just found out that from a government website that I have unclaimed money. I have money. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm willing to use this unclaimed money that I have with a government organization that I didn't know I had, thanks to a relative I no longer talk to. Um, I am willing to use that to bring you back into performance. You don't have to be in the public eye. That's not important to me. And the French Festival, we're totally chill. All
0: we we're, do, it's very insular, and all we do is, like, give each other strokes and drink alcohol.
2: We're
1: more yeah. about producing a good show. You can work under a pseudonym.
2: Yes, we will, like, Sarah Jane Olson works in the French Festival all the time. What? Yeah, you do not, she's not, like, had shows in the fringe Festival in, like, two years. Our French Festival? Yes! Yep. Yep. Nobody tells me anything. You just have to, like, Google a name. It comes up. Anyway, so Rick Moranis, if you want to be under an assumed name and you just want to do art because you're really good at it. You are. We are the connection. We know good writers. We're actually really quite good writers ourselves. It's pretty, yeah. If you feel more comfortable with a male writer, we'll find you that. Or you could write it yourself because I know you got the chops. And we have really great directors here. But here's the thing. Rick Moranis, you have a lot to give artistically I'm being
0: serious I
2: know you are I'm I know being dead serious. serious I know I know but it
0: makes me happy so it makes me
2: giggle I am willing to put some of my own money and I don't have a lot of money but I'm willing to put some money out there because I live in an apartment I don't have a house so I don't have that much to lose but really Rick Moranis you need to perform more because you're really good at it it's and if you want to good. write and you want to do it under a different name and you want to call yourself Alan Smithy, if you want to call yourself Harry Reams, that's really okay. We will make this happen because we want to see your work some more.
1: Also, if you want to put on those silver go-go boots you had in SCTV, that's oh, cool shit. too.
2: If you want to be Dark okay, Helmet. Okay, now, now you're just objective. objective I don't want to objectify Rick Moranis. I will if that's what it takes. What I like about Rick Mor- Moranis. I like a, a funny guy, but I just want Rick Moranis in my life artistically some more. Well I well, agree. we all want
0: that. I also yeah. would not mind meeting somebody that short.
2: He can't be shorter <laughs> than Mel Brooks. Is Rick Moranis, if you're short, there are a lot of people here I guarantee are shorter than you are.
1: I just realized I'm like eight inches taller than both of y'all.
2: You're like a penis taller than we are. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's,
0: let's wrap this up about Mel Brooks. What is it we love about Mel Burks? Penises. What?
2: Mel Burks. Awesome social commentary that stands the test of time. Blazing Saddles. Okay, maybe not so much social commentary with Young Frankenstein, but Blazing Saddles. If you haven't seen it, watch it. For me,
0: Uh, it's when he's at his best, his deconstruction of movie tropes is spot on and sharp. So sharp. And that's in Young Frankenstein... And high anxiety, mm. and even in Blazing Saddles.
2: Yes.
1: And for me, I think it was the team of people he built during yes. oh, his yeah. heyday. Yeah. The the talent that he was able to collaborate with that was better than the sum of its parts. And
0: honestly, that's what made him bring his best work because yeah. we know it was collaborative. Harvey Corman and Madeline Kahn and Dom Gene DeLuise. Wilder and yeah. Dom DeLuise and Marty Feldman. Hot,
2: hot. Hot Marty Feldman
0: And Cloris <laughs> Leachman And I'm trying to move on from that
2: I'm, I'm, I'm over here with Marty Feldman in my pleasure dome <laughs> Alright,
0: do we have I feel like we have wrapped up this episode I, I About think, five different so. times I think, I
2: think so Jell is it's, great it's, And if you haven't seen Blazing Saddles <laughs> And Young Frankenstein You have to see it
1: Well, yeah Okay, that, do we have a
0: listener? Weird. Do we have some listener questions? I, I do, I do Give me All a right. second Alright Hey, Melissa
1: Yeah who are you tonight? I am Dave Graham once again. Oh, yeah. We we have a seconder. Oh my goodness! This is the
0: second time that we have read your answers. I feel like you should get a prize, which would be more drunk podcasts. Yes, I guess. Well, it doesn't matter. We've read your answers before. You've come back again. We love you so much. Yes. Tell me, what is it that you do
1: do? Blog about stuff, mainly films at the moment. At the moment. At the moment. Well, he he has a lovely little blog. We'll what, we'll link it again in the show notes. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. So, what would be in your personal pleasure dome? Right now, a large ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's There's very. There's for that. <laughs> Sharon. There really is. Sharon's a helper. Rule thirty four.
1: <laughs> it's it's very very warm here in Yorkshire. <laughs>
2: Technically, two girls, one cup, I think, is ice cream porn. Uh, that is a terrible <laughs> thing to say, Sharon.
0: I'm Sharon. sorry. God damn it. Oh, God, you've ruined my ice cream <laughs> fantasies. Oh, I'm no. sorry. No. no soft
1: serve for you. <laughs> Chocolate soft serve? No. Oh. 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 God damn it. <laughs> oh. Oh.
0: barfing in my mouth. Do not oh, want your cookie dough? No, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That doesn't oh, brush me out.
2: That means they're, they're getting enough fiber. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Mm. Hey. Hey, <clears> hey, <throat> hey. 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 Hey, listener. Dave. Hey. Dave. Dave. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm not. So, Dave, what's your recommendation this time for our
1: communal pleasure dome? Pondering my movie A to Z blogging, I was stuck on V. And then I remembered that about Valhalla Rising, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Oh. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. You should totally watch it. It's batshit insane. I like batshit insane. And he has Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, Mads is silent throughout, but is utterly mesmerizing. The whole thing is like a really bad trip involving Vikings. Vikings also begin with V. Yes! What other movies begin with V? V for Vendetta.
0: Yeah. Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, what else? Oh, Vantage Point with Dennis Quaid, but that's not very
2: Vertigo. Right. Ooh, Vanishing Vertigo. Point.
1: Vanishing Point.
0: Vanishing Point. Vanishing yeah. Point. Virgin Suicides oh oh yeah okay so there's some more v movies for you dave so
1: valhalla rising i think that is mads
0: Mads mickelson yes would almost kind of in the venn diagram of mads mickelson and batshit insane we're approaching a perfect circle oh yes we are with
2: rocky road ice cream
0: (laughs) damn <laughs> melissa wrap it up wrap it up
1: wrap it up you gotta close oh, this one out god yeah we're way too drunk to continue thank you for joining us in the xanadu cinema pleasure dome
2: thank you for
1: suffering us in xanadu cinema pleasure dome i am melissa i'm paula Apollo- wait 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 I'm Melissa, apologizing to future Melissa who is sober editing this episode. Oh, God. <laughs> damn I'm so I'm it. sorry. And Melissa. to all of you. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am joined by my co host, Wendy. And our wonderful guest star, Sharon.
2: Sharon. Yay! Two girls, one cup, Steitler. Uh.
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome.
2: game.
1: It's tired. driving me insane.
2: insane. I'm
0: so tired. Let's face it, I'm tired. <laughs>